Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. up everybody welcome to this very special episode of true crime and cocktails yes this is our taste of patreon episode where we're going to give you two of the bonus episodes that we have aired over on patreon to give you a little taste of what we do over there as always i am your host lauren ash and as always i am joined by my co-hostess with the most s christy oxborough how you feeling i to to take a quote from you i am jazz yeah I I could not be more excited. I like I I just I think what we do is so weird sometimes. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> and I mean the whole the concept of the videos that we do that we we hit record cuz we always have a conversation after our record. I always call I tell my husband I call them our meetings. Yes. So when I come to bed at like three, four in the morning, he's like, why, why did you guys run so long? I'm like, we had a meeting because we, sometimes we talk about work things. Sometimes we talk about anything else. Yep. And the concept of recording most of that and letting the world see the crazy town that we become is pretty amazing because we don't start with a plan. No, we just... We just fly off the seat of our pants. Fly, no, that's a thing. Fly by the seat of our pants, Thank I believe. you. Because you don't fly off your pants. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Listen, you're doing great. Yeah, so that's like the basic kind of premise of our last call episodes that we offer on Patreon. After we record most episodes of the podcast, we just keep it rolling. And mm. uh, we usually don't have a plan. Sometimes there may be a little thing here or there we want to talk about or do, but they are just true cuckoo bananas. (laughs) 
lots of laughs. And so that's actually going to be the second episode that you're going to listen to in this uh, two-parter. And it is one of my favorites that we ever did. I don't want to tease too much of it, but it is honestly, I think the hardest I've ever laughed on any show that we've done. And so I'm so excited to share it with everybody because I, I, if nothing else, I feel like it's going to give people a very hearty laugh and they need to be in on the joke because there is some jokes that came out in that, that we still use on the daily. So I'm just excited about now the whole community being able to know, um, (laughs) you know, what those inside jokes are. I think it's going to be great. They're going to see a a whole new side of Blanche. (laughs) Oh, buckle in kids, buckle in. Um, the first episode, however, that we're about to show you, play you, uh, give you, I don't know, is one of our happy hour episodes. Now, uh, our happy hour episodes over on Patreon involve a third party. So we have a guest, usually somebody uh, fun. I think I, we've never had anyone unfun, which is great. No. But this episode, of course, is with my dear friend, Rachel Ray, who is a massive, massive true crime nut. And so uh, we had a very boozy late night uh, talk about a very grisly crime. Um, So there's some true (laughs) crime in that one as well. So you're getting a real kind of taste, hence the name Taste of Patreon. You're welcome. Um, But you're getting a real kind of taste of both kinds of bonus episodes that we do over there. We do all kinds of stuff over there. We do a live Q&A once a month as well. There's all sorts of things. There's a monthly poll as I think you know, we talk about that quite often to help choose a monthly episode, month to six weeks. Every month to six weeks, we do the patrons pick episode. But honestly, it's just been so much fun. Uh, all jokes aside, this isn't a sales pitch. This is truly just that we have such a joy doing it. And we thought it would be nice to share some of it with all of you. So we hope you enjoy these two episodes. <laughs> I was going to say something, but then I was like, yeah, same. And obviously, if you want to learn more about uh, subscribing to our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash true crime and cocktails. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash true crime and cocktails. So yeah, sit back, relax, enjoy. And please welcome to the show, Ms. Rachel Ray. It's tough for people to see it on a podcast, but... Uh... You know, what they call in interviews, the empire is nothing but a series of notebooks and piles of random paper. This is my entire life. (laughs) Here is my, uh, here is my actual schedule. Uh, Here's some eggs. (laughs) (laughs) I just lifted a piece of paper with an actual printed schedule on it. And here's here's more truth, more truth to power behind the empire. Um, here's my burnt hand from the seven-hour cook-along the other day. It's burnt, all the skin's burned off in three places. No. And it bled all over the bed, and my husband oh. and I had just changed the sheets. It was the clean the house day of the week. We've been here for 13 months. And... Um, John, John went to make the bed and he said, dude, who got shot? (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny for a murder show. There was blood everywhere. 
And it was all of these things. And I, you know, people- cereal. <laughs> out of here. You need it. Uh, so it just looked like someone was murdered in the bed. So that was pretty bad because we had just changed the bed. It's a real big deal. It's a real long time to do that because it's all like I iron my sheets. It's like a thing. It's an Italian thing. I have to iron them. And I woke up yesterday and I can't hear out of this ear. I think it's the allergies. And so my doctor said, try Claritin, try Sudafed, try this, try that. I did all that and I'm totally deaf. I can only hear you from this side. So I know it's a podcast, but people could see me. I'm like pushing my hand against my ear. It'll look like a nervous twitch, but I'm just trying to get whatever's in there out. Oh so my God. I have no right hand and no left ear. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I don't know oh. what that is. What is that? I, that's dedication that you're still here. That's what that is. My God. I've had that happen. I've had that deafness happen. And yeah, it's so yeah. bad. It's so annoying. And all day I just keep doing this and doing like the Kramer in the old Seinfeld episode where he's trying to shake the yep. water out of his ear. And, and I've had kooky ears since I was a baby, but this is crazy. Like I'm stone deaf. And I fall asleep to the gentle, soft tones of Columbo every night. Of course. Which is now on Peacock. So I can listen to him all night long and he starts his own next episode. And now I can't even hear Columbo unless I turn to the right side. This is no way that you're meant to live. It's just not. <laughs> we got to get this ear sorted. Hey, Good God. John, never made me a Negroni. John was supposed to make me a Negroni. So I had a cool <laughs> drink. All I've got is the wine that just came that I just unpacked from the shipments, the daily shipments. We've been here 13 months, kids, and it happens weird. There's only the two of us. Listen, We're the entire crew. You're do you're do listen. You're doing great, and you don't have to have a fancy drink. My goodness, no. wine is great. I have wine. I have wine. Rosso de Montalcino, the city I was married in, is Montalcino, so it's romantical wine. That's beautiful. Romantical feels right. Romantical wine. And awesome. I'm in our guest house, which has become our permanent house because my house burned down. The first thing I lost over a year ago was our privacy when we had to cross that line and start filming from home. Yeah. The second thing I lost was our dog of 15 years. Oh. And then the third thing we lost on August 9th was literally our home. It burned to the ground. Even though we had our chimney clean twice a year, the creosote built up and burped onto the roof and the roof burnt the house to the ground over a course of two days. So now we live in our guest house, which looks quite impressive. It's very tall, but um, God rest them. The folks that lived here passed and their kids said that they were going to sell the land to someone that would turn into a logging road or would, would we be interested in the property? So we thought, well, let's, let's get it so we can have more friends come and visit. And uh, we don't want a logging road going through our backyard. We live in the beautiful Adirondacks. Yes. And, you know, so we took this little house. Who knew a couple of years later it would become our, our very permanent home for um, uh, since August. This has been our, 
our home base. And it's really just one big room. It looks big because the ceilings are very high. I, I wasn't allowed to build out. The uh, zoning uh, department wouldn't let us make anything any bigger. So we could only build up. So I just made it tall so it would have a, a more of a presence. And I tried to make it look like our house. Isn't that funny? I drew our house on a piece of paper, which is why it was so hard to watch it burn. Because I drew it. I, I, I literally drew the house. Uh, I'm not an architect and I didn't do the final plans or anything, but I, I drew on a piece of paper what what the uh, goal was. And uh, to watch that burn for two days was something. And then to watch it driven away while I was making a television show every day, or, uh, trying to make two uh, television shows every day, to watch the trucks go by with literally my, my entire life. I mean, the house burned to absolutely a hole in the ground. So um, that was weird. Looking out the window and just seeing everything go by in trucks was odd. Uh, but the idea that I made this a mimic of my house is funny. The yeah. sad part is we only have one bedroom here and our adopted puppy, uh, Bella, who we got after my beautiful uh, darling Isabu passed, She's now 81 pounds and she's not a year old. And we all have one bed in one bedroom and we sleep in one queen size bed. The 81 pound donkey dog with the hooves. <laughs> and my husband and myself, we all share one snuggly place. And I no longer look down in the shower because I have so many Bella scratches and bruises on me. I'm polka dot and I look like a murder scene. Like my back right above my ass uh, on the left side of my breast today, all over my body. There's just huge scratches and giant bruises. When she dreams, she dreams quite vividly and she's very active when she dreams. So my 81 pound donkey dog um, makes me look like a murder scene. So very apropos of our discussion this evening. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Well, I don't love that. That's your current body situation, but I, I love the sense of humor about it for sure. Um, what a joke. Uh, all right, cool. Well, we're just going to get into it. Yeah. You cool. You cool. If we just dive in. Oh, I thought you were recording. The whole we are. This is all okay. usable, but I this was just going to do it. This, this is, is the show. This is how we roll. Listen. And this is how Lauren and I have always been since the day she first came on my show, by the way. Yes. There is no script, no nothing. And she knows how I roll. We just I go. love it. I just want to make sure that you knew that this is all golden yeah, and I want to use all of it. Okay, great. Well, for those of you listening, then welcome to this very special episode of True Crime and Cocktails, where our amazing special guest, Rachel Ray, is joining us. We're going to talk true crime. We're going to talk all kinds of things. I'm so excited that two of my worlds are colliding. That's that's what brings me a lot of joy right now. Uh, my like, sister by life, uh, cousin by blood, Christy, um, meeting Rachel, who we've known each other now. I think it's been four years. Uh I don't know, man. I'm bad with the numbers. Yeah. I feel like I've been here for a decade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't yeah. I don't know. I don't care. I've just loved you from the day I met you. I geeked out so bad on Lauren the day she came on our show. I thought she was going to call for like security. Like I just <laughs> geeked out on her so bad. I thought she was so hilarious and we don't roll. We try not to roll with scripts, you know, 
like we talk through everything, but I, I've always tried to do our show as real as possible. Certainly not as real as the last year and a month since we've been doing it from our home. Yeah. Now it's truly just whatever I want to say, because there's nobody else here. I mean, there's literally no one here. <laughs> I, the first day she came on the show, I was like, I don't know. I have some energy about this, this lady. She's just magic. Like, first of all, she's a, a, a scene stealer and a showstopper in her own right as, as an actress. And she's just magic when you watch her. But I had such a vibe about her. And I just thought, oh, wow, I can't wait to get her out there. I'm going to have some fun. And I geeked out so bad. I, I, tro I literally was trolling down the hall after her, back to her room. And I just couldn't stop talking to her. And we have three shows to do a day when we're in the studio. And I had to like get back to work. And uh, Tommy Crudup, our booker, was pacing up and down the hall nervously. And everybody was like, where'd she go? What'd she do? She left the set. I was chasing after Lauren. I had such a freaking crush on her. I just uh, thought her energy was so brilliant. And she has literally stayed in this house. Yes. This truth. House. Truth. Yes. Truth to power. And, and, and it looked like a murder scene. I had sunset <laughs> I was wondering. white bathrobes here for my two girls. Uh, and you two left... <sighs> You left them so covered with wine, it looked like a murder scene. I, uh, Leslie Seiler, friend of the podcast, people know her, know her well. We we stayed in that home, gorgeous, beautiful. And this is, this is really, I don't know what happened. We were in this vortex of like <laughs> love and booze and, and food. food. Yeah. Food everywhere. Food everywhere. Everywhere. Um, and it, this white bathrobe, bless it, I destroyed it. I mean, it was just like, like top of the neck to, to, to skimming the calf covered in red wine and like egg yolk. And you know what I mean? Like just <laughs> it didn't even make sense anymore. And I'll a never little bloody Mary around the cuffs. hundred percent. And I'll never forget Rach sending me a message being like, John tried, but, but the robe is dead. <laughs> <laughs> we had to go with new sunset. We had to call sunset set. Hey man, uh, you got a couple more robes you could send us. Not like we're from Los Angeles. We're not. We're not anything. But we would always stay there because they allowed a pit bull. So, so, so we bought robes from there because we now had a guest house. We never had thought we would be people that would ever have a guest house. Right. And I thought it would be nice to have some robes for friends if they come and they forget their PJ or whatever. You know, and it, so we, we bought these Sunset Marquee robes. Yeah, there was no coming back. There wasn't enough shout on the planet, man. And I keep putting my hand over my ear to try and unclog it. It's so funny. I, I Like, my mother would not be proud. <laughs> I, I literally look a wreck. My hand is completely burned off, and I'm deaf in the left ear. And that tells you how much I love Lauren. It really does. And how much I want to be here. <laughs> I can't hear. I can't freaking hear. And I have no skin on my right hand. And listen, bless you. I adore you. I can't believe that you're still going. It, it's a, it really is a testament to the love. And I appreciate that. 
I also just have to say, I think one of my favorite moments of that trip uh, with with Siler and I in that house, I'll never forget. We woke up in that bed that you guys are sleeping in now with your 81 yes. pound child, with an 81 pound dog yep. attached. And yeah. I remember Siler and I woke up and our eyes opening and we didn't even look at each other yet. It's like our eyes were still like looking at the ceiling and, and both of us were just like, we can't drink today. Like, we just can't. We've got to stop. <laughs> we can't drink today. We've got to take a day off. Yeah, we've got to take agreed. Yeah. And we toddled up to the main house house that oh, rest please. in peace and, and literally and literally john just met us with like two with, negronis with, or with something cocktails. Yep. and we're just like bottoms up like it was right. <laughs> and there's one picture even somewhere on my cell phone somewhere in some ethos of my cell phone you even at one point did in a big night where lydia bastianich gets on the table after the big dinner you actually at one point got on the counter and stretched out yep. after the feast and I broke it down the dishes. Yep. You were on the counter and you're like, glory. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's not my proudest moment uh, by any stretch, but also somehow I stand by it. Let's just say, Rachel and John, <laughs> you, 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 you keep us fed and watered. That's what I'll say. You keep us fed and watered. Uh, but speaking of, I want to tell you, but I made a little special concoction today. I'm calling this my murder margarita. Why? Oh. Blood orange, fresh blood orange yeah, juice. He has a blood orange margarita. <laughs> he says he's working on it. He's I love on it. it. Um, I've added some Casamigos uh, tequila, some triple sec. Uh, nice line. choice, my friend. Nice choice, by the way. Right? The best. Uh, and then a, just a little Prosecco floater because oh. <laughs> that's where we're at, right? Come on. Amazing. Did you I know. I'm trying. I'm, I'm not, a co- I'm nowhere near the cocktail expert that John is, but I'm trying. Christy, what are you drinking over there? You've got, you've got the true crime and cocktails. I do. Zipper. I love that. I do. Um, I, I wanted something fancy, but I can't view like screen meet Rachel Ray and be like, look what I made. And it's like, whatever I make would be garbage compared to what comes from her. <laughs> I only have a glass of wine. Look, look how much you showed me up. Listen. Well, but your husband is back there doing something. So he's doing it's going to be, yeah. he's, he's <laughs> working on it. He's going to show up it. with something beautiful. So I went with a uh, little frozen margarita that I could oh, make at nice. home. And nice. uh, it's hitting right. It's hitting real right. I like that. Is that a lime situation? I, I, I do it love is, that you yeah. have a safety cup. I yeah. love that you have a safety cup. Yeah. She has a cup with a with a with a, a spill safe edge. And yeah. that is very mm-hmm. smart. Very yeah. smart. Plus mm-hmm. it keeps it nice and cold, which is nice, especially when it's a slushy situation. Oh, oh, oh and there's John running, running. Look at the Oh my God. I love it so much. I yeah, snorted the- too. That's so class, right? Yes. I snorted. I'm deaf in one ear. I have burns all over my right hand. Who's bringing the class tonight? Me. Listen, let me put it this way. You're in good company. This, this is why you're perfect for the show. All of those things you just listed are the reasons why this, this is a match made in heaven. And that's just <laughs> the straight up truth. Now, listen, so this all came about, I, we, Christy and I started this podcast kind of by accident last October. It's taken off. We're having a grand time. And the most recent time I went on Rachel's show, she was like, wait a second. Why have you never had me on this? You know that I'm obsessed with true crime, uh, which is how this, this whole thing started. 
But my question to you, I'm curious, where did that start for you? Because I remember like what inspired me to get have an interest. Do you remember, is there like a specific case or, or fa- something that started your fascination when, that you can remember? When I was a little girl, I did not care for cartoons. I stayed up all night and I watched film noir and uh, Charlie Chan mysteries and uh, double indemnity, you know, things that were just on in the middle of the night on the four channels of television you could watch. So on public television or whatever. And my mother had a rule that if, if you got out of bed on time and you did well in school, she didn't care what you were doing. If you want to be up, be up, but you have to pay the piper. Right. So as long as you do what you're supposed to do, your chores, your, your schoolwork, what have you, you could watch anything you wanted. I was never a kid that liked or was especially jazzed by cartoons. I liked like the operatic, really long Bugs Bunnies. Oh. Uh, you know, when they did Figaro, you know, and uh, Bugs Bunny would make like a salad on his head and stuff. Uh, uh, or a Pink Panther, which was kind of creepy and weird, and I thought had a lot of weird hidden meaning to it. But in general, I was not a cartoon kid. I just have always loved murder. And I loved uh, old men telling really horrible stories on the news. Like, you know, Walter Cronkite, Harry Reasoner with his commentary every week, Hugh Downs, uh, Roger Mudd, I loved old guys telling me bad news because my grandpa told me the way the world was. And I just really dug and found it super comforting to have old guys tell me hard news. And I think that, uh, here's my Negroni. Look at this Negroni. Come on now. Come on now. That is gorgeous. And the hand, the the hand off. (laughs) Right? The glass straw. Hello. He knows what's up. Planet. John knows and, what's up. Uh, really, John, thank you. Bravo. This, this, comes, this comes back to exactly what I said was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> the presentation alone. Yeah. The presentation yeah. alone. Amazing. I mean, really. I mean, that's just stupid. Um, <laughs> so good. He's been working. My husband is a musician and a lawyer, and he's been working on a television show about food now for 13 months. So he's become quite good at his food styling. <laughs> he's the only he's the only other person here so you know yeah uh, so anyway i was always obsessed with murder and uh creepy stuff i don't know why and i had a grandfather who was really tough and smart and who ran liquor uh and had a bit of a sketchy uh life and he <laughs> was my best friend and i I, I just felt comfortable in that vibe. My first crushes were Tom Jones and Sean Connery. And the first song I learned all the words to is Delilah, where the woman, Delilah, cheats on the man. He stabs her to death and blames her for it. Yeah. <laughs> why, why did she make him do this to her? He murders her. <laughs> it's the most misogynistic, horrible thing. And it is literally the first song I learned all of the words to. You know, my mother would like to think it was Somewhere Over the Rainbow, which I sang in the Rainbow Room 
somewhere in London, they had like the equivalent of a rainbow room, like a, a restaurant where they didn't allow children. And she talked the guy into letting us in when I was like three or four years old. And I sang somewhere over the rainbow, but it was not a song I liked at all. The, my favorite song was Delilah and it was a murder song. I mean, you know, uh, Saturday Night Live, what, like three, four, like recently, they did one of those really uh, well-produced, you know, uh, filmed pieces. And the, all of the women in the cast talked about being alone and watching what you think is porno and they're all watching murder. Yes. Like they binge watched during the pandemic. I don't know why women in general are obsessed with watching ad nauseum, you know, uh, Killing Eve or, you know, uh, <laughs> I Fall Asleep to Columbo or why we watch true crime or why we're so fascinated with it. I really don't know. I mean, that's a question for the group here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I have been that way since I was literally, literally a toddler. I've been a creepy kid since I was a kid. So there's there is a reason why we fell in love and that it's all making complete sense. It is an interesting question, though. And and and, and it, it, it you know, it's it's like not that I consider myself overly like motherly um, in general, although with the dogs um, and my cat. But, you know, it is an interesting like debate. Like, is it something about women's want to help or want to nurture? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is about why. Or, or, or also like something about the like inherent pragmatism that I think a lot of women have, you know, Christy, do you have thoughts about why women specifically love true crime? I mean, I don't know. I just feel like we pick up on stuff quicker than the males. <laughs> uh, we're, <laughs> more we're more observant. And men only think in lines. So women see yeah. outside the normal parameters of what's written and they think, well, no, this is clearly what must have happened. And why can't you just start from the end and go back to the beginning? Women build out crimes, in my opinion, differently than a man would. A man mm. wants a linear train of thought and how uh, the chain goes from one link to the next. Women start like Columbo did, which is why I love Columbo so much. Columbo never tried to find who did it. He knew who did it. And it was only about proving how they did it. Mm. And he used a woman's intuition as his guide. And the reason I love that show, and there wasn't a woman, there wasn't a female writer on it, but Steven Bochco wrote episodes with so many famous directors. Steven Spielberg directed the first uh, television episode of it. And I know that's not true crime, but it's, it's based on true crimes. And what I, I found so great about the writing and with uh, Patty Chayefsky, there's, there's some people in the world that write from the opposite point of view, where they see the end and they backtrack. And I think that's why I'm fascinated by true crime, because you're imagining for women, we see the full circle and what the end is, and we try and link back. Men start right. from the beginning and it's only about what can I prove? What can I prove? How can I get there? And it's so linear and linear thinkers. It's just different. I mean, different sides of the brain. It, yeah. it, it's linear thinking. Plus I, I, I cook for a living. That was what I was born to do. 
my head works in circles in a bunch of ways. So I think that that's why I'm drawn to it because my head already thinks in circles and I see right. the thing done instead of undone. I see the finished dish on the plate and I want to get there. So I try and build a case to get there. Whereas if I was a man, I would say, hmm, I have veal. How am I going to prosecute this veal? Right. <laughs> we'll get it. I will get it to this place. Yeah. And I would spend months researching all the different ways I could prepare the veal. Right. Rather than just saying, well, this is a buttery kind of sweet, light tasting dish. How would I like to companion that? I want greens. I want lemon. I want this. I start with the end. Men start with the beginning. Uh, and maybe that's a little bit of it. I don't know. I love that. I think that, that you nailed it. I think that that's it. Case closed. <laughs> oh, that was nice. I like what's happening right? here. I think it's, it's good. <laughs> well, listen, that transitions perfectly into the case we wanted to talk about today. Now, Christy and I, so Rachel originally said to me, we could talk about whatever you want. The grislier, the better. So I tasked Christy. I was like, find me some real grizzly cases. Oh, they were horrible. Yeah. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> I mean, and trails like literally uh, a dude with his entrails like full on Ivanhoe oldie timey like back in the day like stuff rolled out of you they were some real grizzly murders but you Lauren knew in two seconds what I was going to take 100 percent two seconds that's yeah. right and th that's why we're talking about the Austin yogurt shop murders because not only does that combine Austin Texas which I know is one of my home away from favorite home. places exactly but also yogurt it felt like you know frozen yogurt it felt like food-based things make made sense so to give kind of a backstory a synopsis for those who aren't familiar with the case in December 1991 firefighters are alerted to a fire at a yogurt shop in Austin once the blaze was out crews made the horrifying discovery of four bodies that were naked bound and gagged with their own clothing. Police chase down leads and eight years later, finally arrest two men for the crime. However, both of the convictions would later be overturned. Did those suspects get away with murder or was the real culprit a paroled serial killer? Christy, you're getting so good at writing these synopses. Like it's just, that's a crime is how you're good You're killing me. You're killing me with that because right? I read the, every single thing I could print, watch, and look at, and there's so much behind that. Uh, kudos to you, Christy. I don't know how you do this, how you boil that down. What I suck at for decades is people say they're gonna do a speed round or the fun question of the day in an interview. And they ask me one tiny little thing like pizza or a taco, and I'll speak for an hour and a half. I could <laughs> never do what you did with that. I could never do what you just did with that. Do you want to hear what my synopsis would have been? Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> I okay. feel like that's, it's going to be the rest of the episode, but yes. <laughs> Four girls were inside the yogurt shop and it was actually a police officer that first noticed the fire and called the firefighters to the scene much later in the night, but all four of them were going to go to a slumber party together, which is why they were collected. There were two men sitting in a booth at the time. They were allowed to, by rules of the yogurt shop, flip the sign to closed. 
from open so no more people would come in just so they could do their breakdown and clean the shop. One man was in his 20s, one man was in his 30s. Four people were charged many years later. No one was charged immediately. But what happened was the cop sees the fire. He sends the fire guys. The fire guys go in. They find two young ladies piled on top of each other, bound and gagged with their own clothes. Two bodies are burned, one beyond recognition. Two of the bodies uh, were sexually assaulted. Three bodies are in one room, one body's in the other room. Everybody's naked. Two 17-year-olds, a 15-year-old, and a 13-year-old. First of all, this is on a slow night in Texas. And to explain to people that don't live in Austin or don't live in Texas, Austin is not like Texas. Austin is a separate entity onto itself. It has a different mindset. It has a different vibe. It has a different cadence. The rest of Texas is very conservative and very strong on protecting their gun laws, very strong in authority. Uh, Austin is a, uh, they, 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 their t-shirts say, keep it weird. It's a very liberal community that's very trusting of one another. The, the community trusts each other. When you think to yourself, what were these girls doing out at night, going to a slumber party at midnight? If you have ever been to Austin, you know this is so normal. I truly think it has as many problems as any place else, of course. My hand to God, I understand that. But I've always loved Austin because it was a place where people tried to come together. And if you were conservative or you were liberal, it was a place where you could see a kid with gauges talk to an old man and they both had tattoos and they both had dogs. Like that was Austin. When we think about crime, we have to think about what that means. It's not just you get mad and say, oh, I could just kill that person or I could just strangle you. I've said that nine million times to my own freaking <laughs> husband and vice versa. <laughs> It, but this, this is so brutal to shame young women that were treating each other with such respect and love and just having fun and being young and exemplifying what it is to be whole and young, to have a job, to start to feel your independence. I think you really nailed uh, something that's really important because I think that True crime has become, especially recently for some reason, has become such a huge, you know, form of, I don't, it's, it's weird to even say form of entertainment, but, but it is, right? Like we're, we're, we're doing this show. And I think that it's important to take a minute and remember, you're right, when we're talking about these things, when you start to get into these rabbit holes where you're consuming a lot of content, it does, you do start to like, I know I'm guilty of it too, where you do start to desensitize a little bit and you forget about what the stories are of these people and that these are real people and these people have stories. And you're so right to point out how reflective this is of the community, of who these girls must have been. I think that's a really, a really insightful take. And how take. their parents raised them. Yeah. Trust they had in them. Yeah. And that's what takes your breath away. Yeah. That there are people in the world that we never think about. And I think this is why this is a female thing. I think this is why especially women get into this because we get really heady about this shit. Yeah. 
What, what could possibly hurt you? And we go at it from every angle. What could have gone wrong in your childhood? How, uh, uh, what, what happened to you that you did this? How did this happen? How did someone get to the point that they could take beautiful, young, strong, sweet young ladies that are acting like young ladies and doing things permitted by their parents, acting appropriately and being given a little bit of freedom? What is in a person to take that down and out? You know, you you start to wonder and women wonder about that. Yeah. I think that's it. Women want to solve it. They want to heal it. They want to nurture it. Like you guys were saying, you, yeah. you, you know, it, it 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 goes back to some instinct. Look, man, I have a dog. I don't have children but I nurture a lot of things in life. Absolutely. A lot. And I think that women want to care and solve. I, wow. That, that was, there's, you're throwing down a lot of wisdom, which I love. And I think you're so right. I think it is, you know, I, I, I totally agree. And I think chasing that again, like you're saying, women have that you know, having to apply reason. What is there? And I'm the first, I mean, listen, on this podcast, I talk all the time about wanting to know the psychology. What is it that makes someone do one of these things, et cetera. Now, listen, we've, we've thrown out some suspects. So Christy, why don't you tell us a little bit about, cause I know there was, there was two guys in the store, for example. And the four guys. And then the four guys. So Christy, why don't you tell us a little bit about the suspects in this case? First, they claim that uh, there was a man, or they wouldn't say who it was, but they claim that he was taking out classified ads aimed at girls who wanted to pose for like glamour shots. Oh. Uh, and he was arrested for taking nude photos of girls who are around like 13, 14 years old um, at his house, which was near the yogurt shop. Interesting. So they, they, but they never released his name. And as far as I know, they decided he was, it wasn't him. Uh, huh. They, they debated about um, there was a Mexican motorcycle gang in the area who were admitted criminals and drug dealers and rapists. So they're like, I don't know, maybe then they decided no to that as well. Interesting. Um, they wondered, is it a possible, just like general crime of opportunity? Was it like a trucker or a motorist that was just passing through? I mm. assume not because this felt very, they were, they were already in the building. Let's just call it like it is. They had to have been in the building. 10,000%. And there was multiple Yes. absolutely more than one human being. There were two guns involved and there's no way. Yeah, yeah. And there's no way that one guy could have. Right. You know, there had to have been multi, at least Corralled, two guys. Right. Four, yes. four, four young, strong women. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then there was Kenneth McDuff, uh, who was a Texas serial killer suspected of at least 14 different murders uh, he was convicted of murdering three teens in 1966, sentenced to death. But of course, because of the uh, Supreme Court abolishing the uh, capital punishment in 1972, they commuted his sentence uh, to life in prison uh, with the possibility of parole. It just it just felt like such an overcorrection to me. Like, look, I'm I'm not saying yes, I'm supportive of the death it's penalty, crazy. but but thank but, you for saying that, Lauren. Right? That's insane. <laughs> yes. You literally wanted to kill the man, 
And now you let him off. And now it's like, well, let's just give him a parole officer. Well, like, he just killed a few people. Ah, and, you know, let him out. For a while. And we were going to kill him, but now, ah, what the heck? It, yeah, it just feels like, again, I feel like life in prison without the possibility of parole feels an, like an appropriate Fine. replacement a of the death penalty. Sure. Call sure. us. Yeah. Call us crazy. And I agree with you, my friend. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, that's it's so like every woman has been in that relationship where they're like, oh, I could kill that guy. And then you break up and then you're like, yes, I'll take him back. I'll take him back. <laughs> you know, like that's how it <laughs> that's feels. The whole state, Chrissy. This whole yeah, it feels like I the whole know. state. Yeah. I mean, oh. I, I mean, I don't know what possessed them to. I get that I there was overcrowding, but couldn't there have been lesser offenses that you right. could have let go and then you keep some of them. It's just wild. It's wild to me. But again, you hear these stories and we've talked about some of them on this show before, like Death Row Fugitive from the Unsolved Mysteries, where again, at that time, this was a gentleman who had definitely, definitely brutally murdered a child. 100%. And just, they let him go to the mall for the day and then whoops-a-doodle, he wandered away and has never been found since that. <laughs> like she's guys they all see the movie with bad the guy who was the, uh, the country singer uh jeff bridges uh he lost the kid at the mall too yeah but he lost a convicted criminal <laughs> yeah who actually murders people actually ki- yeah. a, a convicted killer it just <laughs> yeah weird choices i feel like during that time um when they they were going through this death penalty kind of of controversy i feel like they really did overcorrect in in more than one kind of area in in this country yeah right yeah, look yeah. i i don't think one wrong makes the other right i i really don't i i don't look i've been mugged twice and if i if i could have actually injured or shot the person i might have i don't know I don't think I would have done it to protect myself. I think I would have done it to protect my dog or a child or my mother or yes. my husband. I I don't, I honestly think I would have died, even if I had a gun, if I had lost either of the mugging situations. And I was at gunpoint in both. So, um, if I had had a gun too, I think I would have lost the game. I think right. I would be dead. I wouldn't be here. You know, this goes back to even my own job. And this is so weird to say, but I'm going to say it. Can I fish? Absolutely. Can I hunt? I'm a great shot. Would I shoot a chicken that I know? Or would I break its neck? You don't shoot a chicken. You break its neck. Probably not. Would, right. would You know, would I take down the cow even with... Um, the, the, the humane processes that lots of people have developed with, with great care over time. Uh, I couldn't do it. Could I no. take down the cow? Could I, could I break the chicken's neck? Probably not. My grandpa broke a thousand chickens necks and guinea fowl and hens and rabbits. My mother stopped naming rabbits as a girl. And she said, Rachel, don't name the rabbits. The <laughs> rabbits were food. Right, right, right. The rabbits were food. Uh, and, you know, I understand all that. 
Can I? Do I know how to? Yes. Do I know how to butcher things? Do I know how to kill things? Yes. Could I? It's a very different discussion. I think I could kill a fish. But how a human being gets to the place of pain or what they have suffered in their own life that they can get to this place. And this is multiple. Let's not be uh, uh, on different teams on this. We all agree this is multiple people, correct? It's oh, at least two. It has to be. It's multiple it has people. has to be. There is no way this is one human being. When we're talking about the 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 suspects, we've talked about this serial killer. Now, Christy, yeah. where were you leaving off with him? He, he killed 14 people for sure. He yes. got let out of prison. Christy, I, I go down rabbit holes. I'm oh, sorry. you know what this show is. It's this great. Is, this is what we do. Yeah, this is literally was, we do what we do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just go down. No, we don't take apologies on our show. We don't take oh, apologies because okay. oh. you need you need not make one. This is exactly <laughs> no. it. We go on rants. We go on tangents. Rabbit yeah. holes. This is you're 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 killing the game. Yeah. Uh, don't pardon the pun. Um, so yes. <laughs> so <laughs> so so this guy killed 14 people. They let him out. Yeah. The commuter sentence. They let him out. Yeah. Uh, and he's become a, a suspect. Now, what are your thoughts on that? Rachel and I tend to agree that I don't feel like somebody acted alone. I think that's impossible. Oh, yeah. I don't think it was this guy. Um, but I also at the same time, I don't think it was the four guys that they actually tried to punish for this. Interesting. So tell us about them. Um, well, I mean, eight days after this murder took place, uh, the police were questioning a 16 year old named Maurice Pierce because he had been picked up at the mall that was just blocks away from the yogurt shop. Uh, he was carrying a 22 caliber handgun, which is the same one of the same weapons that was used in this crime. And Maurice uh, said that his friends, Forrest Wellborn, Michael Scott and Robert Springsteen were all with him. It's amazing to me how quickly these men turned on each other and how quickly it was like, oh, he was here. He had my gun. It was totally. Yep, they were kids from Texas and everyone in Texas has a gun. I'm sorry, but it's true. Everyone. They have signs at Walmart whether or not you have to check your gun. Like, I'm not kidding. Like a lot of folks uh, use their absolute American right to carry arms. And 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 that's just the truth. It's Texas. Yeah. I think that people that don't live in Texas don't understand that. It's very common in Texas for people to have guns and for kids to borrow mom's gun, if I have to tell you the truth. And it was not a ballistic check for right, either right. of the bullets that were the, the the women were not only burned and raped, but they were shot and they were shot with two different guns. And there was a 22 caliber, but the ballistics did not match of that gun. And all these boys flipped on each other. And there's also a report, Christy, am I not wrong? Of there's some tape somewhere in one of the interrogations where a cop was actually holding a gun to one of the four suspects head. Correct. Two of them did confess, but it came out later that it was, oh, they didn't mean to. It was after being in that room for eight plus hours. It was being like berated and bullied by these different police officers. And a gun held to one of the boys' heads. Yes. Literally on camera. Am I wrong? It was literally on camera. Yes. Yeah. They caught it on camera. They did. Yeah. 
That's but of course wild. they didn't, none of this came out until like they did their confession. Everyone was like, great. That's perfect. They were convicted and they were both sent to prison. One was given the death penalty. One was given uh, life without the possibility years. of per- parole. 99 years. Yeah. Do you really think there's zero shot? It was these four guys. Um, you know what? Actually, I think I do. Uh, yeah. Mainly because, I mean, bol- ballistics didn't match, but also neither did any of the DNA. And they found fingerprints. And they had and hair, they found hair. Didn't they have hair? Yeah. And none of it matched any of these guys. And there so that were, feels like no. Right. Well, I mean, there were also uh, witnesses, multiple pit people who saw specific men in the yogurt shop within hours of it uh, closing. One specifically, they left the building like 10 minutes before they closed. And they saw these guys in hooded it's jackets. Two guys, right? Yep. There is a crime scene photo that shows all of the tables and all of the booths have a chair turned upside down on them, except for the booth where these people were sitting. Guys and if were you sitting. zoom in on that photo, the napkin holder is empty. So she obviously didn't get to that table yet because those guys were still sitting at the table when she locked the door. That fire was so hot that it melted two rungs off of an aluminum ladder. Wow. I I, I just can't. And it really is like a Columbo to me. I think it's the two guys in the booth. I, yes. I truly do. They're not named to this day. It is truly an unsolved crime. But I think it is very clear that at least two grown men did this. Boys wouldn't have the stomach was the last case I was going to make about this. Yeah. Boys simply wouldn't have the stomach. If the two fellas in the booth who have clearly been tortured themselves. Don't you guys think this must root in something? Yes, 100%. Yes. I mean, obviously, again, like as someone who, you know, uh, uh, my uh, psychologist hat on for a second, as someone who is fascinated by the psychology of of all of it, yes, I think that that is 100% true. I recently have been uh, watching stuff about the Green River Killer, because I didn't know anything about him. It's, and I know uh, an embarrassing amount about pretty much all the, the big name serial killers, which is a bizarre <laughs> thing to even say. Um, but but there is actually, there's something to what you're saying because they have these interview tapes where he very kind of candidly talked about what made him kill and why he wanted to kill and those kinds of things. And first of all, they talked about how he was known around town as being the, the, the kid that killed animals. And I'm like, first of all, we all know it doesn't take, you know, we all know that that's how it starts. That's and now the it's first, that's the first, first sign, right? Is that, that is it, that's very typical of basically any serial killer that we know of or any a lot of just killer killers. Um, so that was the first thing where I was like, I love that he was just known around his neighborhood as this and no one thought the like, guy who kills you know, animals. guy who kills animals. But then and this was the this was the part where it started to get chilling. They asked him about his childhood because much like you're saying, it's like, what drives somebody to this level? And this guy killed a ton of women in a very similar manner to what we're talking about in this case. He was binding young women. They were all a lot of them were in their teens, um, young girls, uh, very beautiful girls that by I mean, all uh, beauty is subjective, but you, you, you know what I'm saying? Very, very kind of like traditionally beautiful girls. 
And he talked about wanting to destroy them and wanting to destroy their beauty. He talked about one of his victims. He tried to set her hair on fire. And they said, you know, what was that about? Like, you know, did that like arouse you type thing? And he said, no, it was just that she had really pretty hair and I really wanted to hurt her as, as emotionally. I wanted to hurt her as badly as I could before to, I killed her. You, right? right. This is beyond teenagers. Oh, it's yeah. beyond young people, uh, you know, being jilted or shunned. I think that the four boys were not maybe their the idol of their parents' eyes, you know? Maybe they weren't the dream kids of their class and maybe not the best in school. But I do not think they did this. I truly think it 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 is the two unidentified people in the back booth that were there after she flipped the sign to close. And yeah. that's the easiest. I hate to yes. go back to Colombo, which is, <laughs> it's a, a total uh. fucking fiction show. I hate to go back to Colombo, but it's always the obvious. It, it's always the obvious. It, it, she literally flipped the sign to close while there were still two men in the shop. Of course they did this. Yeah. Like to me, it's all about Columbo. Why were we not able to prove that? Because there was only one guy on that night. He didn't happen to be Columbo. Yeah. And, and he didn't have any help. He didn't have the right type. The two gentlemen that were left in the shop when she flipped the sign are the men that raped, brutalized, and tortured these women. Yeah, And I, I don't know what justice there is for that. I don't. I agree with you. I think oftentimes in general in life, I think the simplest explanation is usually true for, for not just crimes. I think sometimes when, you know, people are going through relationship issues or, or stuff like that, and you're trying to figure out what's going on in the other person's head, it's like sometimes the simplest explanation is the truth. Just tell the truth. Yeah. It just look at what the evidence is. And the last two people in the shop when she flipped the sign. Yeah. Christy, does uh, there, what's your thoughts on this? You obviously agree. You think it's these two, these two yahoos that were left in there at, at closing time. It was so methodical. The whole thing of, they stayed there. The people, the witnesses who were there place at least one of these guys in there as of like 930 and they closed the shop at 10, 11. Why are you there? It's because you're planning something. Right. The idea, like the whole, everything they did leading up to it to like keep control over these poor girls. Um, the fact that in the end they knew enough of, if you set this on fire, there goes your evidence and we're good to go kind of thing. Right. Um, that I don't think this- that is a great point. And people commented about um, maybe it was a robbery gone wrong. They took the till out and underneath there was the bag that had the deposit in it that they didn't take. So if it was actually a robbery, they would have taken everything that was there. And each of the girls had some sort of jewelry. So they would have taken that as well, but they didn't. And so it's they maybe took the money because they were like, well, while we're at it, make people think it's a robbery. Um, but the thing that gets me, well, a lot of things get me in this, but there is, um, they looked into DNA because DNA obviously gets better 
um, and you can figure it out better over time. And this happened in 1991. So their technology wouldn't have been the best at the time. Um, So at the time they said that only uh, two of the girls had been raped and they left it at that. But autopsy says all four were. Oh, at least two unknown because they know one of them because one of the girls, one of the older girls, uh, I believe Jennifer, she had what we're being told is consensual sex with her boyfriend earlier in the night before her shift. Oh, so when, so when they did that, I have not read in anything. Oh my God. You're they did, they did swabs and found the boyfriend, but then they also, because one we assume one guy or multiple guys raped her and then raped someone else the dna from this boyfriend then also is in another girl oh my god oh my god so the that is mind-blowing dude (laughs) she does this on this show that's what she's the mind blower that's what she does on this show yeah she finds she finds shit that is i don't even know how she does you just went quincy on my ass and you're not even good I used to watch Quincy uh, when I was a little kid. I can't believe you even know who Quincy is. Yes. He's the, em- the Yeah, the Shut medical up. examiner. We used to watch that before we would watch episodes of uh, Golden Girls. <laughs> in the, in the Emmy. afternoon. Yeah. Quincy. Emmy. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. That's so funny. They also did go through the yearbooks. And by they, I mean police. Police went through yearbooks for these the high schools that the girls went to compile the list of like all the boys that are in this school. And then they went and like snuck DNA from each of them. They took like a soda can. They took a cigarette, but they did all of this and they tested all of them. None of them were a match. No way. So I think that is so illegal in 97 ways. Yes. Yes. That is so jacked up and illegal (laughs) in 97 ways. A hundred percent. Yeah. But listen, it would have been one of those. I bet you they were hoping, you know, that if something did check out now, of course, we all know that any good lawyer could get all of that thrown out of court. It's like you're saying, it's wildly illegal and insanely yes. bold that they went for it. And, That's and, and crazy. incredible that. Uh, uh, and how come you guys didn't send me that? I printed everything. Listen, she goes down. She goes down crazy vortex she holes. Goes deep. She's like, she goes deep. she's like cooking with your mom or my grandpa and you're like, what's in it? And she doesn't tell you four things. Yep. That's that. Because she doesn't know because she's always just done it. Right. Like it just happens. <laughs> Look, I'm going to I'm going to lay it out straight for you, ladies. <laughs> I read a book. Oh, yeah. shit. there were two books uh, written about this. I could only get my hands on one of them. Oh, but I read a book about and it came out within the last couple of years. Uh it's called Dude, who, I have such who a killed girl these crush girls on you. It's creepy. And I'm sorry <laughs> if that makes you uncomfortable. I, I have a massive have been, girl crush on you. I have been I, waiting I've my whole life to hear that. On one other person, Tina Fey. I think she's <gasps> I so love, brilliant. I love Tina Fey. And one Faye. time she said in Vogue magazine, uh, me and Rachel Ray were keeping it real. And I think she was talking about her body. I don't think she was talking about her mind. I don't know what she was talking about. But the idea that she referred to us together, I was so pleasured by. I was like, oh, my God, I love her even more. Uh, I think I have a 
a Faye Ray crush on you. Uh, Tina Fey, um, I don't know. And Lauren knows I'm her stalker. So Listen. this is getting really creepy. And it could be a whole other spinoff show of creepy, like, girl crush shit. I don't yeah. know. Where I love it. Because you're brilliant. <laughs> and uh, I'm getting a little freaked out. And Listen. Well, before we before we wrap things up, because obviously it's getting hot and heavy, which I'm all for. Uh, Chrissy, you obviously you said you've read this book, which is amazing. Yeah. And I just have to know, is there are there any other details that you that you discovered in that book that you think are of note of stuff that maybe isn't out there? Um, anything else that you want to add before we we start to wrap things up? I mean, I think we hit on pretty much all of it. I mean, they did try and look into like a new type of DNA, this YSTR um, profile that they, they use it to kind of single out the male DNA when it's a sample that's overwhelmingly female, which you'd get from a normal like vaginal swab. So they were trying to find somebody from that. So the, uh, they took this YSTR and they put it into this searchable database that the University of Florida have, and they got a match and they got really excited. And then the FBI went, oh, but that invades people's privacy. So we cannot do that. Wow. Um, this wow. kind of DNA, wow. it will potentially tell you somebody that that person is related to. So you could narrow down who it is. Gotcha. And then the FBI were like, oh, but this will only tell you like a thousand, thousands of people that this could be. And it's like, but it narrows it down from the like, right. who knows who it could be. But they're saying that it's not fair to the anonymity of the donors who went into this program. You know, and what do we so, think about that? We, we, we talk so much now about voting rights, our rights, yeah. what our young country is, what our very young baby country is and how much pain it's going through now what do we feel about that what do you guys feel about that that specific issue whether or not the fbi should allow that to be disclosed it's that's an interesting debate it's a really interesting it's a really interesting debate because my my gut reaction is that they should release that information. My gut reaction is, well, if they can take that and narrow it down to, let's say for argument's sake, a thousand people. A smaller field. A smaller field. You can very easily exonerate probably 90% of those people. You're because you, you know, again, people alibi out. Maybe they weren't born then. That's a great point there, Christy. She, she, it it can work on both sides. It can exonerate a lot of people as much as it could give us more information about the rest. What do you think? I mean, to be honest, I mean, if it was me and I had given DNA for this program that they were doing and it was like someone could find out that you gave your DNA for this, I would just be like, okay, cool. Is somebody related? If somebody I'm related to a killer, then that'd be great information to have. Yes. You know, because I know I'm not. So it's like, right. If if you could possibly, if this could help narrow down in any way, I'd say, yeah, go for it. So just to be clear, this is a database where people volunteer voluntarily gave their DNA. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's specifically like it's supposed to help forensic scientists learn 
like the how, the frequencies of how these how often these profiles come up in different populations. So, but people know that their their DNA is yes. used in that system. I yes. think then it's, it's I think it should be legal. It, it was a statistical study. It wasn't specific to like crime. It was just a statistical study. Yes. Right. What do you but, think, Rach? The, the more we, we share with each other and educate each other and just try and sh- listen, which I'm terrible at, clearly. I've taken over your entire show. The <laughs> no. more I listen, uh, the, the, the better uh, and the healthier and the fewer murders we'd have. Uh, in, in, in general, but yeah. I've done a terrible job at that. I swear I'm not a mass murderer, <laughs> but I've done a really terrible job at listening and a really crap job at just over overwhelming you and overwhelming your show. And not at all. You listen, much. this is why, no, not at all. This is why it's great. You've got the passion, you've got the knowledge and you've got a lot of wisdom that you're dropping in, in all of these things that you're saying. And I think you said some really beautiful things that are really true. And I think that, you know, it is such a comment on, on the society that we live in, the time that we live in, the world that we live in. And uh, I think that that's the overall message. You're right. If, if, if we can leave anyone with anything on this true crime podcast, it can be, you know, let's try and take care of one another a little bit better because they, there hasn't been a great history of that both in the past and in the present. So maybe moving forward, we can try and, and do a little bit of a better job. Um, Rachel Ray, you're such a delight. Thank you so much for doing this with us, for talking about this ass. case. You're not at all. I'm deaf. <laughs> I keep squishing my ear and I, I, I was bombastic and a jackass. I'm sorry. You're I'm not. Sorry. I talk too much in your show. Never, Look, ever. You, you told me you love me. And so that as far as I'm concerned, you can talk for the next 10 hours if you'd like. <laughs> I, I have a massive girl crush on you. Massive. Be, listen. I, you're brilliant. Everything turned out the way it was supposed to turn out. And that's the bottom line. Um, <laughs> Us booking a trip to Austin for a girl yes! trip. Yes! Is that what we're doing? Yes. Yes. Lauren, we have to get her to Italy. We'll mess her up big time. Yes. A hundred and ten percent. Listen, that is. And listen, now my my dreams are coming true because, again, I've brought two of my favorite worlds together <laughs> and now you're in love, too. And so everything went according to my master plan, which is what this is all about. Um, thank you so much again for joining us. I adore you so, so much. And I'm I so, so appreciate sorry. I was so no. Crazy you have nothing stuff. to apologize for. You were amazing. This again, this show is literally I us. Too many antihistamines and a Negroni. <laughs> and you were a, a, a goddamn delight. Yeah. So listen, thank you so much. Thank you for your research, for your time. Mm-hmm. We adore you. Thank you. I I could only do it with you guys. I was so thrilled and delighted to be invited. I'm so sorry I talked too much. It's just <laughs> a bad habit. Not at all. I wanted you to know I read everything and I studied. You did great. Are you kidding me? No, I think actually, all all jokes aside, I think that the insight that you brought to what Austin is, is is so great for for this case, especially because so many people have never been there. You know what I mean? And, And don't necessarily have a concept. And I think, again, when we talk about these cases, um, and people consume all of this content just in general. But these uh, you don't have that they connection. Were, they loved each you other. Know? You yeah. know, they were all going to go to a sleepover. I know. My sister freaking hated me. 
when she was older than me and I was the little kid, my sister would never take me to a sleepover. Like just the idea that they were all going to go to the same sleepover was so charming to me. I mean, I romanticize it probably. I don't know. Maybe the little girl nagged her sister or something. It just really crushes me what happened to these kiddos. I know. And it really is a city that I love. I've loved it for 25 years and I've always thought that they were utopian. And, and uh, this one just really spoke to me. Yeah. It's a place that's so dear to my heart. Yeah. And I just, I was overwhelmed by the whole thing. Well, listen, we so appreciate you and your time. And thank you, John. Thank you for flying in that Negroni. I think he's been in the bedroom and like long asleep for probably a couple hours. That feels it's right. Like pushing my ear. He ate like a pound of spaghetti an hour ago. I think he's probably in bed. Having beautiful spaghetti dreams. I want to live that life. Make my left ear work. You've got to, I, I can't remember how I got mine back, but I did have that exact same thing happen and it is hell. And I'm so sorry it's you're insane. going through it. It's the it's worst. Insane. It makes you feel crazy. I know. And you feel I like you're- I can't hear anything but myself. Do you know how annoying that is? I don't like the sound of my voice. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now we've forced you into listening to yourself. <laughs> oh gosh, hey, what guys, a gift! Uh, thank you for having me. Thank I, you I so much. Ruin your show. You didn't at all, at all, at all. This was fabulous. And this is again, this is what we do. We go on rants, tangents, rabbit holes. We 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 start here and we do this. So you were right on the money. Right I'm on the money. Sorry, I I just talk too much. I always nope. do. Nope. No need. No need to apologize. You were a gem. I love you very much. I love you and very now, much. That's my girlfriend. <laughs> that's my Salma Hayek. Wow. <laughs> Vicky Cristina wow. Barcelona. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I, love I mean, it so I just love it. I, I just love it. And uh, there was so much shit there I learned. I'm like, what? What? I know. All right, guys, I love you very much. Have love a great you too. Night. Thanks, Rach. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. I don't even know how to turn this off, so it'll just. That's be okay. I'll I'll click it. I'll click it. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Lauren Ash, and I hope you're enjoying this episode of True Crime and Cocktails Famous Fatalities Edition. A couple of quick reminders. If you're looking for any of the visuals Christy mentions in this or any of our episodes of the podcast, make sure to follow us at True Crime and Cocktails on Instagram. There she posts a case file with all the relevant visuals for each episode of the show. If that's not enough for you, you want a little bit more, go to our website, truecrimeandcocktails.com. There, Christy posts extensive virtual case files. This is literally everything she finds in her research. It's a treasure trove of deep dives, and it's all there for your enjoyment. Also on the website, you can find our full unedited Zoom episodes of the show if you'd like to watch rather than listen. And make sure to give us a follow on Facebook at True Crime and Cocktails, Twitter at Not Detectives, and the most important piece of information, if you like the show, please, wherever you listen to it, give us a nice rating. Go on to Apple, leave us a nice review. I know it sounds like a silly cliche, but the truth is it really goes a long way in this crazy podcast world, and your support means the world to us. But enough about all that. Get yourself another drink, sit back, and enjoy. Enjoy the rest of the show.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Last Call with True Crime. <laughs> well, it is a Last Call episode, so it makes sense that I'm out of my mind. Last Call with True Crime and Cocktails. Uh, Lauren and Christy here. And what we're talking about today is this. We just recorded an episode of the show, but we have an upcoming booking. We have been asked to be guests on the Doughboys podcast, which is a huge podcast. We're super excited about it. Yeah. And spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about KFC. So part of, if you're not familiar with Doughboys, mm-hmm. the guests and the hosts, you eat food from a chain restaurant, and then you talk about it on the show. I love this concept for a podcast personally. And so we, literally we've been sitting here on Zoom, not recording this. Just like I've got the KFC menu open <laughs> on my phone. We're going back and forth, like talking in earnest earnest detail about like <laughs> what we're going to order uh how excited we are what it's when's the last time you had kfc all these things and i literally just yeah. was like i just have to hit record because this is what the people want to be a part of they're gonna want to hear this conversation yeah so i was just saying i haven't had kfc in like 10 years and or some canadian friends of ours who live in la recently got some and they were like it's very different in america than it is in canada so i am really stoked about like trying it and seeing what the differences are sure i as i told you i since the moment i realized this is what was happening i've had a tab open on my computer to the menu because it's like i have a very specific like when my husband and i started dating i got into kfc hot wings I'm listening. Um, just like a really nice crunchy breading with a nice kick, just a kick of heat. And it was one of my favorite things. And he was working shift work at the time. So on the weeks when he would work until like 11 o'clock at night or even just like eight o'clock, he would go to KFC, get me a pack of hot wings, bring it to my house, and we'd watch Supernatural. At first it didn't start supernatural, but then he saw, I think he came over and I was partway through an episode and he was like, Oh, what's this? And I explained it. And he was like, Oh, I didn't think you'd be into something like that. I could be into it. And then I ended up going back a couple of seasons and rewatching those ones with him. And then we ended up watching the full rest of the series in real time together. Um, Ah. But the amount of times that I watched that with those wings I live for them dipped in a little ranch. It's beautiful. Um, I will I say. No, they did wings. I didn't even know this. Yeah, it comes and goes of whether it's on the menu. But mm. I was like, oh, obviously I'd get the hot wings. And then like, just like, I like a dark meat chicken. So I'm like, oh, oh I'm, I'm going to want to get in that dark meat. But then I was like, no, Christy, you're doing this for a podcast. Grow the fuck up, branch out. Get yourself like a spicy chicken sandwich. Get yourself like so many things that they're uncomfortable that you've purchased (laughs) this much stuff because I'm going to say it to you and I don't know if I'll say it to them. I don't care for KFC fries. Wow. French fries are one of my favorite things in the world, but KFC fries, I just, they're okay. I've never been really big on them so i would rather skip the fries sure and get more chicken (laughs) so i on chicken i plan on being pretty sick (laughs) (laughs) when we're when we're done uh i mean we don't eat it and record the same day i guess we could but 
Well, you know what? Maybe we should record ourselves eating it together when we when we go to try it. That would be fun. We need to try it. Yeah, we in do. front of people. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going through on my phone. I'm just looking at the options. Okay. And the first thing I want to say is a fi- the the bowls are calling to me. Okay. That this is like it's just basically a mash. They've just mashed together everything they have in one bowl, and that is really my eating style in general. Especially because just, there's corn. Oh, and yes, I'm a big corn fan. So yeah, yeah. I feel like anything that's that's you know, uh, just a mash of different things in a bowl with sauce, in this case, a gravy, like I'm on board for. Then I start scrolling and what do I see with my little eyes? A pot pie? What the heck are we even talking about here? My concern um, is what, how different it's going to be for America versus Canada, because I will be Mm -hmm. the only one um, that will be having the Canadian version because well, that's the joke is they were like, these are the however many different restaurants they gave you. And it's like, which, which one do you guys want to do? And yeah. we we're like, ah, we can literally only do one because my I don't have the other ones in my country, let alone my city. Right. So thank God they gave us an option that I did have. But also it's I, I was nervous. I didn't know how it was going to work. I didn't know if we all had to order the same thing so we could all talk about it. But it's just you order whatever the heck you want. And I, I plan on scaring them with, (laughs) I like that your goal is just volume, just like, just surprised by volume. Like, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, It's it's all I want. I, because I've been known to put away a few like popcorn chickens in my day and I'm excited to be like, and I got a popcorn chicken to have them be like, Oh, just like the small one. I'd be like, no, the bucket. You know, like I'm, I'm ready to be looked at with some weird looks. And I like that. That's your goal. That's nice. But I know when the second I get one of those weird looks, I'll get self-conscious and feel weird. But the good news is, is that I'll be there. That's true. And I'm not going to let you feel weird. Can we talk about the secret recipe fries for a second here? I know you just said you don't like the fries, but these say they're crispier than the normal ones. And they're seasoned with the special recipe. It's, okay, I don't it's got like a, a seasoning. Them. Yeah, I don't know if we have no. those. The thing is, I also feel like it's a smart move to not eat it the same day because what if we have a reaction? Oh yeah. You know, what if we're we can't we we can't, we, we cannot be trotting <laughs> to the shitter? I was gonna say we can't be trotting along. <laughs> and recording because the microphone picks up every it does they're very sensitive so my god Uh, some of the immediate differences i feel like i know even though i haven't eaten there in a long time one biscuits are big down here and i feel like in canada we don't have kfc biscuits interesting um also they don't have the same macaroni salad that we do back home back home it's like mayo with like little bits of like carrot and and peppers and stuff in it here it's like a macaroni and cheese salad it's different they did at one point up here they don't label it as a macaroni and cheese but it was like it's been a while since i've gone near it but it was like a more of a yellowy type than it used to be so they may have changed it up here too i mean good news they're listing that they have honey mustard so that's something 
I'm going to say this and spoiler alert. I'm going to say it on that podcast that day. Yeah. KFC honey mustard is the best honey mustard you're going to find. <laughs> this is what I love. The, the, the serious passion. KFC honey mustard <laughs> is the best honey mustard you're going to find. Yeah. It's, it's as though she's telling us about like a terrible crime. <laughs> yeah. Well, the crime is it's getting just... honey mustard from anywhere else. <laughs> This is as serious as a heart attack, folks, which yeah. you may get from the KFC. The point is, <laughs> it all comes back. It's just synergy, synergy, synergy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, what a laugh. Yeah, I've been saying it for years, like to a point where I'm not even kidding. One time, I think, I think it was a Christmas, my husband went to KFC. Uh, they wouldn't just let him buy the sauce. So he had to buy the, he had to buy the cheapest thing they had and then had them fill up a small bag with all the little honey mustards. And he put that bag in my Christmas stocking one year (laughs) and I was elated. That's one of the best gifts I've ever heard about. Yeah. It's, it was, it's not just that it's funny because I love a bit. Um, It's just, it's the fact that he knows how much I would love it. That he was like, I want to do this for you. And I was like, it just, it shows he listened. And it that's does. all I need. That's all I need. Oh, God. Bless you. Ah, sneezing over 35. Can we talk about this for a second? <laughs> your entire body? Just your entire body. And then just yeah. the, the drop of pee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not enough that it's like you've not enough that it's a, yeah, but just the like you just feel it like it's like oh god, I what's gonna happen when I'm forty five? You know, I think the answer is it's not gonna be just a drop anymore. Ah, I I don't even know about forty. Yeah, let well, alone forty five. I mean, well, that's and I really I'm saying this for myself. I know if. If you're confident in your age, that's great. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I've recently, like, I'm not going to do the math, but like three, two, three months ago, hit 39. Yep. So this is the beginning of the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not, I mean, my mother-in-law has been saying for the last decade, I'm not kidding, decade, she's been saying to me, well, you are pushing 40. Um, and it was like, at the time, it's like, nope, 30, but okay. Um, and so there's always, it's that stigma about 40, right? And so I'm yeah. just like, here we go. But it's like, why am I that concerned about it? I mean, physically, I'm going to fall apart, but like, <laughs> but I don't think that like the, the clock turns over onto your birthday and then, oh, and like your limbs fall off. Like, I think that or suddenly slow- I'm uh, it's like Gina Davis in uh, Beetlejuice where he's where he's doing that spell on her and she suddenly just starts to like wrinkle. <laughs> Gets really old. Maybe yeah. that's what happened. And you watch the clock and it's that moment where I look over at my husband and I go to touch him with my just bone hand and it cr- <laughs> like just crushes. Maybe that's what happens at midnight. You don't know. 
I don't know. Yes, because I am younger than you. I don't need to remind you of that. But yes, I don't know. I haven't I haven't turned over there yet. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. I mean, I don't know whether you get like an email on that day that it's like, hey, it's the beginning of the end. Here's what to expect. Like get some light Tenna bladder relief pads, for example. You know, sure. like is that the I, rest of our lives? You know, I don't know. I pray that I remember this moment so that the day before my birthday or like the morning of, I can text you that a picture of Gina Davis from Beetlejuice. Just so yeah. that we remember. Yeah. Or if you're just like, cause you're usually just like a, how's it feel? What's it going on? And I can just respond with that. I may have to put it in a calendar. So I remember. Write it down. I mean, yeah, I feel um, like this is a priority. Cause that would be very funny to me. Again, she likes a bit and she yeah. likes chicken. <laughs> We got to come up with some chicken bits. And oh my god! Well, as long as they're in honey mustard, I'm gonna love them. <laughs> there you go. I had um, honey mustard with onion rings the other day, and it took me back to us at Disneyland. My mouth just watered when you said it's... that. Listeners, yeah. if you have never done this, trust us on this. Not you know, not a regular mustard, a honey mustard with an onion ring is probably one of the most heavenly delights yeah and like ever experience like <laughs> one of the honey mustards that's like just like a scotch more honey than mustard mm. you know like mm. it's a little like almost a more like a clear as opposed you to want the, it on the sweet side yeah a little you bit don't, sweeter is oof. you don't want a kiss of honey you want to like a glop Yeah. You because you got the Ken's honey mustard, right? I told you about the Ken's and then you tried that and you liked right. that one. Now, where does that kind of land for you in the scale of, you know, swill oh. to KFC? Now, KFC uses actual mustard seed. Holy shit. Okay. Like buckle the fuck up for that one. <laughs> it's as serious as a stroke. Absolutely. Which you again may get from eating these products. Yeah. Um, it's close. Wow. There's something about, again, it's just, it's, it's got a lot of mustard to it and a lot of honey, but it's also, it's like, it's like the, there's more honey than mustard. Like I like, but it's also a creamier sauce mm. than the one that we had. So, right. I mean, Look, this I'm looking discussion about honey mustard. This is this is going to be our next T-shirt. I know it for sure. People are going to be like, make T-shirts with honey mustard on it or some shit. Anyway, I can't um, <clears throat> no, this is what the people want is my point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am looking forward now to this KFC more than ever because not only is it going to be the my first time trying the honey mustard, but I feel like this is going to bring us closer together. Yeah. And I think more people should ask us to eat something and then ask for our opinion on it. Yeah, yeah, totally. I could not totally. be more excited about the idea that it's like they give a shit what I think about chicken. And it's like, well, not really me specifically. It was like they just they want a guest and that's fine. And I can't I can't wait. I I do get physically ill before I record someone else's podcast. Um, I have, I did get physically ill, like easily the first six episodes we recorded of our own. 
I have since, I'm no longer physically ill about ours, but I'm still physically ill <laughs> about other people's because I'm, it's just nervous. I'm scared that something's going to fuck up on my end. I'm scared that they're going to ask me a question and it's just going to be me going, I don't know. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm worried I don't have the goods. I'm worried that that day I'm going to be off and I'm not going to be firing on all cylinders because, you know, pushing 40. Uh, <laughs> and I just- You don't just lose your ability I to know, think. I, mean, I know. I I Well, I don't know. Earlier, I, know, I, I couldn't remember I the name of medical examiner. Well, you know, so there's that problem. But can we um, have a, just, I'm going to praise myself. Oh, the episode we just recorded. Yeah. The first murder on Middle Beach. <laughs> it's amazing that this is what I want to praise myself I for. I can't wait. I made it through that entire episode. There's still a, a second episode that we're going to do yeah. um, next week. But so, I mean, all bets are off on that one. But for this one specifically, I made it through two hours of talking about murder on Middle Beach and didn't once say, holy fuck is Morgan hot. <laughs> well, first of all, his name is Madison. Madison, <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. No, this, isn't, this isn't helping the 40 year old thing. Oh no. dear. Um, Madison, you're right, you're right. Yes. M- forgive me, Madison <laughs> is hot. Well, I will be honest with you. I was waiting for it and it didn't happen. And I didn't, and, and here's the thing. I think I just sensed from you that you had made a choice. So I didn't bring it up to you. Cause I know you thought he was hot. So I was going yes. to, but then I was like, you know what? She hasn't brought this up. I feel like she's trying to maybe just kind of stifle her, her blanchism. Um, only for that one specifically, I was trying to like, I, I will bring it up probably in the second one, but I was for this first one, I was like, let's just see what happens. Let's focus, focus on the case. Sure. And that's the joke. I didn't look at any of this before I watched the episode. So I didn't know what I was getting in, getting into. I was like, oh, there's something about a, this guy's mom dies and there's something about child support. Can't wait. And the first time his face came on the screen, I just did like a Jesus. Like, <laughs> I was like, really? Wow. And then you forget like how his face is structured. And then he comes back on screen and it's literally watching those four episodes back to back. It is just like, five hours of me going jesus <laughs> every every like 10 minutes and then he, he comes he leaves the screen and we talk about something and i'm like oh god and then his face comes back and i'm like oh jesus and i'm like constantly texting you and like well his face has come back on the screen and i can't i'm distracted gonna yeah. go back a little bit but yeah i'm super proud of myself for not making that a thing, but I guarantee it's going to probably come up because I thought of a line and I might not think to say it then, but I was going to say the only thing hotter than Madison is that murder board he has behind him. (laughs) (laughs) Because he has like a, I don't think it's specifically a murder board. I think it's like a storyboard situation, but it's rainbow and Mm. so beautiful. And so I took a screenshot and I was like, that's beautiful. And then I was like, oh, the only thing hotter than him is that. I was like, oh, I should wait to say he's hot in the next one so I can bring that up. 
when we see the murder board or storyboard, but yes, what a, what a, what a buffoon. Nope. Nope. Honest, honest woman. That's what I see. I also, I I also figure I can go uh, fully in this episode because it's less likely my husband will see or hear this one versus the, (laughs) he will listen to the regular episodes. So So he gets, he gets the occasional ones where I'm like, oof. Tom Hiddleston or whatever name I'm saying that week. Um, at some Name. point I'm names. I know. I know. It's I'm, I'm also trying to think, are there going to be some I'm going to regret never having said that won't ever make it into a montage? Yes. And I can name probably five of them right now. Do you want me to try? Yes, please. Keanu Reeves. <gasps> Fuck yeah. Oh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Interesting. Oh no. I mean, sure. Oh, I retract it. <laughs> I thought we had had a conversation where you were like, God, he's tall. Like I thought that this- Um, that does sound like me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, him in Jurassic Park. So we all, so- <laughs> we all would. Okay, so then for the for the sake of any sort of future montage, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, this is yeah. amazing. All right. I got to name three more. Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> that Disney. one's, that one's a long, Disney. that one's a long running one. The only problem is I got teased so badly for liking him by my own husband that um, I just stopped mentioning him ever. Mm. Cause he, that whole, them making fun of him in, uh, what was that called? Team America. The one with the, where he's a marionette or something. So every single time that I'm like, say something, anytime anybody says Matt Damon, my husband does the Matt Damon. And then I'm like, okay. And so it's still there, but (laughs) it's so shoved down that. Right. Right. That he won't know. But again, this is this is our secret clubhouse and he doesn't come this in. This is a safe space. Okay. <laughs> this is a safe space. Yeah. I cannot believe I've never once said Keanu Reeves. I, that one was, I mean, come on. I mean, it's coming. It'll come out at some point. Yeah. Organically, right? Maybe. Yeah. All right. Now, I love that I have to name two more and I'm like yeah. racking my brain because oh, I no. feel like I just have to go through so many files in there. You know what I mean? To like try and pick out the best ones. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, I mean, I guess it is crazy that Jeff Goldblum was the number two that I mentioned out of everybody. I, I don't know. I just, it really I spoke to it. me in that moment, you know? Is it possible mm-hmm. he speaks to you? <laughs> and you're like, well, obviously he's a number two on everyone's list. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. probably true. Um, yeah. Okay, let me try and get through a couple more. I'm trying to think of like, oh, what am I even talking about? Why am I even pausing? Fucking Chris Hemsworth. Oh my God. <laughs> right? There was a commercial the other day <laughs> and he came up and 
I, I often forget because I don't live with Thor that he's Australian and then he speaks and it's like, son of a bitch, would he still be as gorgeous if he was just like American? Probably, but oh my God, (laughs) Chris Hemsworth is absolutely on that list. I mean, most of the Chris's. Yeah. With an exception. Yeah. But I felt like of the Chris's, I was like, that's Oh, of the Chris's, he is my my favorite Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. A hundred percent. I love Thor. I'm not not ashamed of that. I love, like, sure. If you go back to the first Thor movie, that wig is awful. Yeah. But- when he gets his haircut super short, oh my god! <laughs> Thor Ragnarok is where it's at. Right, that movie entirely is an amazing good time, but that is the Thor you want, and and the Thor you need. Until I'm Thor. <laughs> oh, this is the problem when I think he's never going to hear this. I'm like, Oh, well, she's just all out now. Listen, he, he knows how I feel about Chris Hemsworth. He knows. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Every, every, I'm sure my neighbors know, like it's, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people know he's, I've, I've been very vocally supportive of him for yeah. uh, a while now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I got to list yeah. one more. And for some reason, the one that I'm coming up, and I don't think you mentioned this so far mm. yet, but the one I was going to mention was Robert Downey Jr. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Especially like, don't get me wrong, Iron Man. Yeah. But like Robert Downey Jr. in Heart and Souls. We may have talked oh. about that though. I should maybe pick another one because I think that you may have brought up Robert Downey Jr. at some point. It's possible, but yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I know there's some big ones that I'm forgetting. Matthew McConaughey? I wouldn't say no. (laughs) Christy, she's not asking you. (laughs) (laughs) He seems very down to earth and lovely and that combined with his accent and his slightly slow drawl that he does because he knows it keeps us on the edge of our seats (laughs) yeah yeah i get it (laughs) listen i i mean listen i could keep i could keep naming people i won't but I think this is a fun game because I really like to get these reactions from you. Like, I really like to see what a name brings up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, there are some that have been around for a long time. Um, I watched, uh, I love that this is coming. I watched the movie, This is 40 the other day because it's a Paul Rudd movie that I had not seen, which is shocking. Um, It was, it was fine. But um, at one point, um, the lead actress in it goes to a bar and runs into some hockey players. And there's a couple of them that are clearly, they're actors. They're not hockey players, 
but there's a couple that are actual NHL players. And I lost my shit because one of them was my, um, at the current time, favorite Philadelphia Flyer. Flyers are my team. Um, they never win, but they're my team. Um, and he came on the screen and I screamed and threw my phone. Just, I didn't know what to do with my hands. So I just like screamed and threw my phone. And my husband, just this big, like dramatic, like, oh, that was a lot. And I can't believe the kids didn't come out because you were so loud. Like, I, I think I, it came down to, I frightened him. <laughs> I frightened him that I screamed so much. Like, and it's like, why do you care? They're, they're in this movie for two seconds, but I just seeing him, I was tickled. That reminds me of when yeah. Laurel, my mother, took me to yeah. see Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves when I was, you know, when it first came out. So I don't know. I was like 10, maybe. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. When did that's it come a, out? That's a long movie. I, I don't know. I, maybe like 91 to but 93 I'm an, Remember, I'm an old lady. Remember? Yeah. yeah so it's... I was an old lady when I was that age. Anyway, but it's towards the end of the movie. And then, of course, uh, the, king, the king comes out and my mother in a packed movie theater, because this was like the day the movie came out, in the packed movie theater yells, it's Sean Connery, the son of a bitch. <laughs> like, is, wait, is, so, so anyway, was, that, was, that a, was it a positive or a negative? That was a positive. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Like, yeah. you old so-and-so, you oh, son yeah. of a bitch. That's... I mean, I... That's amazing. Yeah, it is. But my point is, is that if you want to say to your husband, I know I scared yeah. you when I threw my phone, but it could have been worse. I would encourage you to share that story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a time that my mother and I went to see Men with Brooms. Oh, at the theater. Oh, Paul um, Gross. That's it someone I stars name. Paul Gross. Mm -hmm. We were obsessed with him from Due South, where he was that very polite, very lovely Mountie. So that's all we knew him from. Sure. So we went to see this movie he was in, and we couldn't wait. And in about the first five minutes, he said shit, and we gasped so loudly. <laughs> that everybody like turned and looked at us and we were like, well, what, what? Like, we just thought he was this like really sweet Canadian. He was going to be that role. I don't know why we thought that, but that's all we knew him from. And then he I swore also love that it just, it's so benign. Like shit is so benign. Like it was, it yeah. would be one thing if he was playing like a serial killer, but I love sure. that shit. And you were like, Oh, like, like it pearl was, clutching. Well, yes, because <laughs> That's not who he is in Due South. So we just didn't, there was no part of our brains that were like, he can do multiple characters. He can do multiple characters. Oh yeah. But like, Paul Gross, he ain't. Christy, stop. <laughs> Paul Gross, the son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely it. Oh my God, this is too good. Yeah. Oh, this is too good. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying, now I'm like, now I'm just thinking about like, I'm like, didn't you have a thing? For 
this oh. one this one i'm probably wrong but when we were younger and i could have invented this so forgive me but did you at any point <laughs> have a oh, crush no. on harry anderson from night court <laughs> no but if we're talking John Larroquette. <laughs> the answer is hell yeah. Wait, I also have to point out that when I said Matthew McConaughey, yeah. you said, <laughs> I wouldn't say no, but John Larroquette of all people gets a hell yeah <laughs> oh, oh god oh yeah i oh, get that good. i get that uh i think part of what it is about john larroquette is he was like he was like the suave man whore he was like the male blanche yeah a man <laughs> Sorry, I'm Thank laughing you. at my own joke. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're very um, welcome. And I think there was something about that that I just really responded to. So, yeah, there it is. Matthew Listen. McConaughey, I guess if I have to, <laughs> John Larroquette. Dear God, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh god i haven't left that hard spoon daddy <laughs> now i feel bad that i've said that about matthew mcconaughey <laughs> i'm gonna hear this he's lovely he's i lovely could, i should be uh. so lucky no, no, but like no. Listen, you the don't. John Larroquette. <laughs> John Larroquette is also a... like a thousand feet tall. <laughs> she paused about Jeff Goldblum. Um, yeah, I need right. to do a side by side of John Larroquette and Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> and I need to do it fast. <laughs> I, I just. Yeah. <clears throat> oh my God. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Dear God. Oh. <laughs> Dear God, please. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing also is that, yeah. you know, John Larroquette, I don't know what he's like in real life. I mean, what if he's a nicer guy? Like, what if he's, you know, what if he's a letdown for you? Not possible. <laughs> I have nothing to base that on. Listen, I'm learning so much about you. Yeah. You know, yeah. again, about the honey mustards, about uh, your love of John Larroquette. <laughs> what I love is, is that I was off the mark, but I knew there was somebody that was on that show. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. knew there was somebody on Night Court that I felt like we had talked about. Yeah. What about Bull Shannon? <laughs> I've got standards. <laughs> I'm so 
so sorry. God, no, that was mean. That was rude. No, um, no. no. What was his bull, name again? Bull is not my style. I don't really. <laughs> yeah, I, get I guess I would just ask, like, what is your style? You know, that's. I don't know if even I know, <laughs> but between Jared Padalecki. Jonathan Frakes and John Larroquette, there is a tall brunette feel, I think. I love, I love that that's your choice for side by side. Now, what I love about this is that this is full circle because John Larroquette in this photo definitely looks like Colonel Sanders. also i love that you chose like if you chose a photo of him from his prime i'm talking his prime i'm talking night court prime if you chose one of those excuse me i'm so sorry i'll adjust it (laughs) <clears throat> oh god i'm also gonna pause briefly to pee while you do that yeah yeah all right oh. <clears throat> we're <Yeah>. back <clears throat> i also feel we need to point out in case someone is <laughs> hearing and not seeing the side by side you went with was a current john larroquette <laughs> and a magic mike <laughs> matthew mcconaughey <laughs> To which I also say, I know this is shocking and disappointing, but I have never seen the Magic Mike movies. I almost threw my phone. Are you (laughs) kidding me? You? Blanche? The Blanchiest Blanche? I've never seen them. Um, I think because the person I watch 99% of movies with is my husband and I don't want to, I don't, I feel weird. I don't want to make him watch that. (laughs) So I purposely don't choose it when we're going to watch a movie, but like, and maybe deep down, I've been saving it to watch with you for the first time. Cause I know. Oh yeah. But yeah, I've never, uh, I've never seen them. So maybe I'll come back around. I'll watch them. Then ask me again about McConaughey. (laughs) Well, listen, I've made a more fair side-by-side. It's okay. uh, John Larroquette <laughs> as Dan Fielding. So he's in his Night Corp costume. Of course, he played a lawyer on Night Corp. And uh-huh. I've got Matthew McConaughey in A Time to Kill. So this is a much more even pairing, right? <laughs> it is. And come on, tell me you don't. Tell me you don't see the obvious choice there. <laughs> I don't know. Over here, Matthew McConaughey, we've got him bespectacled. You've got a, a tie sure. on there. He's young. Sure. He's fresh, f- fresh face. And over here, we've got someone that looks <laughs> lightly like a <laughs> predator. Uh, I think what you're saying, predator, you're mistaking for that classic three-piece suit. <laughs> Excuse him why. You're totally right. This is what I had found that I was oh, like, okay. that I was like, yeah, come on. Sure. Come sure. on. Him and Blanche would have had a great time. And I think that's maybe why I responded to him 
Yeah. But yeah, I had forgotten about that until you mentioned Night Court. And now it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Larroquette, man. I got one more to throw at you. Oh, I can't wait. Because I feel like this was a big one. Oh. Because they're coming back to me because I'm trying to remember back to like when we were kids, right? When we were teenagers. Right. George Clooney. Oh. <laughs> right? Thousand percent. Now we talking George Clooney and Dan Glaricat. Who do you choose? Oh, oh, it's Clooney. It's always okay. Clooney. It's- wow. So it's that easy for you with, with Clooney. <laughs> You're really not into Matthew McConaughey is what I'm learning from this, which is fine. I just thought that you were. Matthew McConaughey is lovely and I'll go up for a drink with him. Oh, are you kidding? No, I couldn't. But like George Clooney has, uh, I I would say it started um, when he was on ER, but... He's the main reason I watched ER. He was on an episode of Golden Girls. And (laughs) I always felt like he just got like a fine wine, just better with age. So uh, I am absolutely team George Clooney. Yeah, like some of the other options you've come up with, I will skip over them. I I will I will not share the Titanic life raft with them, but I'll share it with George Clooney. Wow. Wow. Well, then it's even crazier that he hasn't been mentioned on the show yet. So thank God this is happening. Yeah, I completely. Well, see, that's the thing. There are so many. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're establishing. Yes. Like I, 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 I don't know how we ended up watching it, but the other day we saw, um, a video by Tony Braxton mm. and she had a love interest in it. And I was just like, I know that face. I know it so much, but I couldn't place the name and it was driving me crazy. And my husband's looking it up and he's like, Oh, it's, I'm like, Nope, I don't want you to tell me. I had this guy's Calvin Klein ad on my wall. I know his name. Just give me time. And then easily an hour goes by and out of nowhere, I just, very abruptly just started screaming Tyson Beckford it was Tyson it was Tyson Beckford yeah what a dream what a dream you know what I want to do yeah I want us to put all of these names in a hat go with me on this then we get a big Bristol board or the the big giant whiteboard and what I want to set up by then it'll pay for itself of course. What I want to set up is a college basketball style bracket. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah. we draw the names at random and those oh. are the matchups. Okay. Those are the matchups that are happening. And then you have to go through, like, for example, if it was like Ryan Gosling, Ryan Reynolds, you have to choose which of those two wins. And then eventually oh. we, we, we narrow it down and there'll be one winner. Oh my God, how much time we got? Because if it's know, like, it's going to be big, do I get like a little bit of time to think about it or do I have to make snap quick decisions? Quick snap decisions quick would be the, that would be the more, uh, that would be more the line right to my heart would be like, a, this is the first one my gut says. You got to go with your gut. Go with your gut. Wow. And to follow that up, who would you choose out of that pairing? 
that's an impossible pairing. Um, I'm going to say I, I have to go Reynolds. Yeah. Um, because I liked, they were both on a show when they were younger. Gosling was younger than Reynolds was at the time, but Breaker High. Yes. In versus, Canada, yes. Versus two guys, a girl and a pizza place. Of course. I watched them both religiously. I had a huge crush on Ryan Reynolds on his show. Ryan Gosling was like the goofy, like, okay, whatever on that show. I wasn't into him on that show. Mm. It wasn't until he, he was a bit older and shall we say Noah. (laughs) Say Noah more. Good night. See you later. (laughs) That was unnecessary and I apologize for it. Uh, The notebook was absolutely, you know, it was, I loved that. I will say though, I watched it recently, like within the last few months. Yeah. It was fine. (gasps) Oh, doesn't hold up there. Cause it's the story. It's the older couple and the younger couple. I wanted there to be more of the younger couple. Mm. They just kept going back to the older couple too much for me. And I was like, I loved this that much, huh? I, I gotta rewatch it because I haven't watched watch. it in years, years and years. Yeah, I could yeah. watch Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams for hours. I could have watched them as the entire movie. Oh, the chemistry between them and that thing was—it's unbelievable, insane. Yeah, and so that absolutely. But then it just always back to the older couple, and so then it would take me out of it, and I was like, okay. Mm. So I didn't like it as much. Wow. Well, again, this is this is the joy of this podcast because it's yeah. you don't think that you can learn more about someone that you've known your entire life. And then guess what? You can. Yeah. You can. I I'm actually really excited about like a bracket system, but yeah. also, and I'm gonna be honest, a little frightened. Well, and I'm listen, I'm concerned it, on who's going to get pinned up against who. I know. I'm concerned that my gut is going to say one thing and I'm going to feel awful. I'm going to feel awful a little bit deep down inside for the rest of my life that I was so quick to say no to Matthew McConaughey as though it was an actual option put towards me. But yeah, he just. And listen, there moment, is a, it yeah. doesn't mean that it's ultimately your ultimate number one choice because there is a level of chance to it based on the pair ups. You know what I mean? Like, right. Because I guess I could try and look at it and try and make the pair ups even, but then that becomes difficult. I I feel like it has to be random and then it just will be brought down to one. Because you don't know what I might consider even. I thought I did before tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And now I am certain that I don't. So Larroquette changes everything. (laughs) It's just, I will never, that, that clip, that little clip of <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, I guess, John Larroquette, please God, yes. <laughs> I want to make that my new ringtone. Please God, yes. <laughs> I, and look, I didn't even realize it was in there, which is, which is part of the reason that it's like, do I make the list or do you make the list? Like, do I give you my top however many? But then you're not going to get gold like Larroquette because I'll forget. I think it's going to require 
hours of discussion ahead of time. You know what we're going to need to do? Mm. We're going to need a moment like this Mm -hmm. where we have like a list. You have a list of either movies or TV shows or a nice combination. And I have to give you a pick from each of them. Yeah. Just the most wild ones. Like, I mean, obviously Saved by the Bell, Zach Morris. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Of course. You know, but there are some, I don't know what I would say. We need a draft is what I'm hearing. (laughs) This is my favorite sport. (laughs) (laughs) We need, we need a draft. And yeah. this is the moment I need. Okay. I need a random list of shows brought towards me so I can just without thinking, say the person mm-hmm. that's my preference from that show. They all get put on a list. List goes in the hat. Yeah. Randomly in the bracket formation. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, listen, I guess I know what I'm doing with my time for the next four to six weeks. Uh, just trying to get this together, which I cannot wait to do um christy oxborough thank you so much for uh hanging out uh for this last call with true crime and cocktails because uh if i i again i haven't laughed this hard since the hoot nanny so what a what a gift in my life this as always such a joy such a joy such a you, joy you've awakened something within me and i guarantee tomorrow uh i'm gonna choose a movie that will have john larroquette in it And he just won't know why I've chosen it. It'll be like, why are we watching this? And I'll be like, just let the magic happen. And I will be periodically texting you photos of Matthew McConaughey (laughs) with no message, just as a reminder. Yeah, it feels right. (laughs) Thank you so much to everyone who has listened, who has gone along on this insane (laughs) journey with us, as we always take you. Uh, We appreciate you so very much. Christy, do you want to say goodnight to the people? Good night, people. And I'm sorry. (laughs) Don't apologize. This was gold. You're welcome. Bye. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. What a joy. I feel like we're on an 80s sitcom and we just showed a clip (laughs) clip show episode, even though this was all new to people. This wasn't, you know, other than our our patrons who listen to the show. Yeah. Um, But what a laugh. Doesn't it feel like we... there is a strong like family matters. We're thinking back to that time where we're like, hey, remember the prom? And then we're just like, yeah. <laughs> and then the bubble happens. And then, you know, I guess that's almost more uh, saved by the bell. Oh, it still works. It yeah. still works. We so hope you enjoyed these episodes uh, in this bonus episode we're calling Taste of Patreon. As you can see, we have a lot of laughs, a lot of just, just frantic fun on our bonus episodes over there. Sometimes the booziest you'll ever see us. And I know you thought <laughs> you couldn't get any drunker, Lauren. The answer is that's not true. But yeah, we hope you enjoyed them. Again, check out patreon.com slash true crime and cocktails if you want to learn more about becoming a patron yourself. We have a whole lot of fun over there. And next week, do you want to tell the people about the next episode? Well, I was going to let you because it was your idea. Oh, yeah. Well, if you listen to the show, you probably know that I did a little episode called Army Hammer, the story so far. And for a very different reason, I have decided 
that next week I'm going to research a case because I also like to remind people from time to time that uh, true crime doesn't always necessarily involve murder. Not every time. And the next episode of True Crime and Cocktails, Britney Spears, the story so far. Oh, that was good. Thank you so much. No wonder you do for voice work. I do. <laughs> you know? I do. Yeah. It shows. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Did you know that I was once the voice of Hamburger Helper in Canada? You were not. Yep. How would I not know that? I may have also recently discovered the videotape I taped off of TV when your first commercial ever aired. Less <laughs> Tylenol menstrual. Yeah. Uh, poor dad. Even the cat's a girl. He's totally outnumbered. Even the yeah. cat's a girl. Maybe he needs a dog. <laughs> I, what I'm learning is I should have digitized it and shared it with the world. Yeah. We'll find a copy. Yeah. We always do. Always. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of True Crime and Cocktails. We hope you enjoyed it. And we're so excited to uh, see you next week. If you haven't already, follow us on all the other social medias, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at True Crime and Cocktails. Twitter at Not Detectives. Christy, do you want to say goodnight to the people? Night, people. Good night, everybody. If you like true crime, dark history, the haunted, and paranormal, then we think you'll like Ghost Town. Ghost Town is hosted by me, Rebecca Lieb. And me, Jason Horton. We cover both notorious and obscure true crimes. The haunted, paranormal, and unexplained. And the dark history of everything from world events to pop culture. We have new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. If you like Ghost Town, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can find Ghost Town wherever you listen to podcasts. And at ghosttownpod.com. One Million Musicals presents... This is the story of Nellie. Who nobody knew. A brand new musical full of magic and adventure. I'm gonna cross the purple dragon sea and find somewhere a home for me. Featuring 15 original songs and a stellar cast from across Broadway, film, and television. The Ballad of Nellie, Who Nobody Knew. Now available wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.